This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hello and greetings, everybody. It's Corey Poirier back with the latest edition of the show. And I'm so excited to hear today to have a first time guest, at least for us. And uh, I'm sure she'll be back in the future, but I'm so excited today to welcome her to our audience. Uh, so Rhonda Grant, Rhonda, what we do, which is I know a little different than a lot of shows, is instead of us reading a bio and maybe getting some of the stuff wrong, we actually usually like to get the guest to tell us just a little bit about themselves to get things started. And then, of course, uh, what we do from there is we'll dive in a bit deeper. And so you don't have to worry about how far you go into your backstory, but just like to know a little bit about you and who you are. Okay. Well, I'm a self-made entrepreneur. Uh, and I'm CEO of two companies. One is a building company where we build houses and the other is a manufacturing company. <clears throat> I'm also a realtor, uh, top 1% in Canada. And, but I also use uh, another side of my brain, which is the creativity. And I am an author. Mm. Wow. So I'm a busy woman. And I also have a podcast called The Rhonda Grant Show, where I interview business entrepreneurs and people who have interesting backgrounds and uh i love that yeah no absolutely and uh, i love that because um well first of all uh you know i know that you have the show and and love to interview interesting people and uh and i um i love the fact that podcasting is giving us all our own voices now like Mm -hmm. before at the end of the day before media like in the media your only option was either you're on the major media or you're not at all, or you launch a major media or you don't have one at all. Now, literally, if they want, every person in the world could have a podcast. Like, how cool is that? Mm -hmm. It is. It's very cool. And I think that uh, people start to discover that they have a talent that they didn't know that they they had. And it's easy uh, to have a podcast. You need a microphone, a camera, and off you go and and you need a con- to, to contact people but you can you just expand your people that you're interviewing based on referrals to an, one, another person yeah absolutely well and so let me ask you this we talked about the podcast for a few minutes um what like so what's your podcast about you mentioned you interview interesting people uh but mm-hmm. is it uh again you have uh, multiple sides to what you do so yes. does it cover across all of those does it touch on real estate ever at all is it you know like where what direction does it go well um the subtitle of my book is called extraordinary discoveries in ordinary lives and so i ended up using that as the subtitle also of the Rhonda grant show and basically uh, throughout uh, my interview, I asked 
the, the guests two questions. Do you feel that you've been called to your journey? And they, a lot of people really feel that they've been called and that they're doing fantastic work. I just love the work that people are doing um, in their lives to help others and to inspire others and, and things like that. And the other thing is what extraordinary discovery have you found in your life? And I've had people say as, as simple as the word love or source, um, and then to very extravagant things that they have discovered in their life. And that's based on the premise of my book, which is Magical Forces Within. So I just, in my body of work, I'm encompassing extraordinary discoveries in an ordinary life. And I think that we all have them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, I, you know, it's, it's, I love that, again, same idea that your podcast uh, is unique because I think it, uh, and having the interesting people on, because I think it makes it also unique from other shows that, you know, the one thing I didn't mention when I said it's cool that we can all have our own podcast is the fact that we can all have our own podcast means that there's now over a million podcasts in the world. And mm -hmm. so I think it's important for us to have our own style, our own personality with it and bring a show to the mix that not everybody else is doing because how else are you going to stand out amongst a million? And I, a million is low. I think it's like a 1.5 million, including the non-active ones. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's over the top for sure. Absolutely. So it's cool that you're standing out. And so uh, I guess what was, was there a sort certain... Rhonda, a catalyst for the podcast? Like what kind of got you started in that direction? Was there something that drew you to podcasting or were you a podcast listener? No, no, I had never thought of it at all. And um, when I released my book, uh, I have a dear friend of mine that actually was my music producer, John Park Wheeler. And he saw the release of my book uh, on Facebook and he contacted me immediately and said, you need to co contact um Lisa McDonald, uh, because she would love to interview you. So I took, you know, I took a couple of days and I contacted her. And so her engineer or producer, uh, when I uh, began to speak, uh, he said, gee, Rhonda, I'd like to talk to you after the show. Have you ever thought of having a podcast? I'd never, I'd never, I'd never even been interviewed on a podcast <laughs> until that day. And so I said, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, think I'll, I'll talk to you after the show. And so that's what happened. And it took me a couple of weeks. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I was certainly not set up to have a podcast. And so we just worked through it. And all of a sudden, there I am um, interviewing John Park Wheeler. He was my first guest, the person who uh, connected me with uh, Lisa McDonald, who is one of the top 100 podcasters in the world, actually. So it was nice to be on her show. I was very, very nervous. That, now that was Lisa McDonald's show? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, I mean, so did you, I mean, was that, I understand the nervousness, of course. Was that also kind of um, something that said, hey, I can do this? You know, the fact that you're on a show with such a big listenership? Um, yes, I thought that I, I knew that I could do it. I have a background in um you know, music. And so I had to be on stage, you know, singing and, and talking. I was the person who talked on stage. And so I knew that I had uh, the ability to do it. And I also had some background in public speaking. Um, I don't even know if they call it public speaking anymore. But as a realtor, uh, I gave first time homebuyer seminars to, um, I gave first time homebuyer seminars at the Royal Bank of Canada uh, for two or three years. 
And so I had that experience plus hosting charity golf tournaments. So I, I, I knew in myself that I could do it. And I thought I should do it because when you're giving an, when you're given an opportunity like that, it's easy to have fear take right over and just make you not do it. And I have sort of curtailed that. And so I just went for it. Mm, amazing. And so that show, just to kind of give her a plug as well, I think you said it, but is that show called Living Fear Fearlessly? Living, living Fear Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Now she has taken a little bit of a hiatus, um, okay. but she'll be, she'll be back. Okay, mm -hmm. very cool. Yeah, I just like to send people in that direction when we discover something new that they might sure. want to do. And, um, and yeah, so I, I, that's why I'm always kind of looking and seeing when somebody mentions the name, I'm like, I don't want to forget this. Uh, even mm -hmm. though I go back in the interview, I'm like, I don't want to forget this. So I look it up to make sure. So uh, in terms of your podcast, and then I'll, then I'll move away from podcasting, but I want to ask you, uh, what is your goal with podcasting? Like what, and having said that, it doesn't even have to be a long-term goal or a one-off goal, yeah. but what's your hope with podcasting in the bigger picture for yourself? My hope with podcasting is start to interview people that are that um, have the same uh, likes uh, that I have, and that's other than business. And so that's uh, the esoteric. And so it's my goal to kind of steer my podcast. And that's what I'm doing uh, now is steering my podcast to interview people like Gary Lockman, Dean Radin, who's both people are coming up on my show, and plus other people. And I have a few great guests coming up on my show and uh, that was my goal for my podcast. Amazing. Get those big hitters. I love that. <laughs> well, yeah. I love that so much. And now let me ask you about uh, your book. You're an author as well. Mm -hmm. um, you, I saw that the book, if I, if I got the release date correctly in the two places I looked, it looks like it was August, 2020. So if that's the case, um, I'm wondering if... Um, uh, the, on the book side, you launched it during COVID, I guess. If that's the case, what was it like launching a book during COVID? And were you apprehensive about the fact that all of a sudden COVID is probably going to change launch plans and stuff like that? Mm, no, I didn't. Uh, I don't really didn't really concern myself with that. Uh, the book released actually October uh, 2020 is when it came out. And so, uh, no, I didn't. Um, I didn't concern myself with that. I just thought that actually it might work in my favor. Uh, the book coming out in COVID, people were staying more at home. They weren't going out and spending money on restaurants and all those types of things and entertainment. And perhaps they would buy more books. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I will say we had, um, do you know the name um, uh, Mark Victor Hansen? Yes. So Mark, of course, uh, a lot of people would know mostly from, I wouldn't say mostly, but I think his biggest uh, book was Chicken Soup for the Soul, that whole yes. series. And then he's yeah. had other uh, successful books like The One Minute Manager and stuff. But Mark and his wife released a book called Ask during COVID. Yes. And I, yes, asked, I, I asked them the same thing, like, was, yeah. was there a fear in releasing a book? And same idea. He said that, uh, he said like everything, it's something new, like as a marker or something new you have to factor in. But he said that for them, they've been able, they, they went on podcasts and he said, we've been able to get more exposure, I think, around our book than at this time in this age with competing with so much noise, 
they ever would have able, been able to otherwise. And mm-hmm. I know that I bought three copies of his book after uh, listening to the show to or give two away and buy one for myself. And that was after me hearing him on a, a different show. And uh, I had so many people after we had him on our show say, oh my gosh, thank you, Corey, I bought the copy of the book. So, you know, I don't know the numbers, but let's say if we helped him sell 15 or 20 books and he went on 200 podcasts that year. And some wow. of them, I mean, our show is uh, in the top 1%, but I mean, there's shows that like, if I don't know what shows he went on, but if there's shows, we have somebody that I know in my network has 3.5 million listeners and per episode, and he went mm-hmm. on that show. So, I mean, you know, I can only- That's admit- fantastic, yeah. Yeah, so it seems like uh, the COVID thing can be, you know, like it could actually help you, as you said, because people are home reading. And the other person I asked that question to is- um, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, they released the yes. book during COVID as well. He said yes. the same thing. He said, we got on some of the biggest podcasts that we've ever been on. And he said, we got our message to more people than we ever could doing a book tour. So yes. I just wanted to ask you what your experience is like, because uh, it mm-hmm. does seem that, uh, I guess it's like everything too, Rhonda. I think it's whether you embrace it or not. I had other people that tell me they launched during COVID and it was a mess, you know, and they wish they could have waited. And then I've had people mm-hmm. say, you know what? It was the best move I ever could have made. So I think, again, right. it's all... Probably it's all the mindset you go into it with, I would say. I think so. And I mean, if you look for obstacles, there's going to be a lot of obstacles in your way. But if you look for the the path, uh, you'll find the path to get there as well, I find. Absolutely. So let me ask you before I move away from your book, what is the core message of your book? Like, what is the book about? If you were to give us a quick summary. Right. Just a quick summary. Um, I always uh, had um, what they call special abilities, intuition. A lot of people have it and um, some precognitive dreaming where I dream of an event and it happens uh, and different things like that. And so, but what happened was I was T-boned and I could have been killed. And I walked away, I didn't walk away from the accident. They actually took the jaws of life to get me out but I didn't have a scratch, a bump, a bruise, cut anywhere. And so what happened in that moment when I was, the force of it, I felt an energy, may call it maybe the soul, um, just leave through the top of my head. And for a few minutes, I didn't exist or a few moments, I didn't exist. And what happened after that is I had an unbelievable enlightenment. And I was called I would get up early in the morning, four o'clock and start writing. And then after a few weeks, I went, oh, for goodness sakes, I'm writing a book, right? And I was able to go back over my life and, and connect a lot of things that I hadn't known. Um, uh, well, I wouldn't have thought of before the accident. And the neat thing about it is they've just done a scientific study that uh, the junk DNA Uh, that scientists have called junk DNA, they have found a genome that actually there are people who have these abilities and there's people that don't have these abilities. And I thought, you know, you maybe you're blocking them or whatever, but it's actually scientific. And so that's very interesting because I didn't really tell a lot of people that I had intuition or because people think, oh, you can read my mind. It's not about that. It's just about knowing some things ahead of time that has to do with me and my life um, and not so much about other people. And so now, and I was nervous about releasing my book because it was a part of me as being a businesswoman and a, a public figure. What will people think? And so a few months later, uh, this is what has been discovered. 
And so the, the person who's discovered it, it's Dean Graydon, who is the chief scientific um, person at IONS in California. So you're and, and his, his life is his life work. He's been working on this for 40 years. So wow. I mean, it's it's so amazing. And you've had a um, I mean, you've had such an amazing journey so far. Like, did you expect when you started out on your journey that it would head in this direction? Because like you, you know, you've yeah. encompassed so many things, like you've you've managed yes. to go so many directions and paths. And so uh, I guess, yeah, first I'll ask that, but then I have a follow-up to that. But did you expect, uh, I saw you shaking your head no, so I think I know the answer, uh, but did yeah. you expect it to take this path? Um, no, I didn't. So you, so I was shaking my head no, because I've been sort of pegged as a dreamer. And so I like to dream things up. I like to plan things. I, I'm a task-oriented person. And I wish for things to happen or wish things not to happen. But all of this, since I released my book, so many things have happened that I didn't even have a chance to think about, dream up. And so I really, and so I just kept one foot in front of the other. And when I came across you, of course, I just went with my gut. And I'm like, I have to take his course. I have to do that. There was no question that all the cells in my body just start communicating with each other that this is the right thing to do. And I just follow it. And but before that, I was always planning and, you know, hoping and wishing. And how do you meet these people? <clears throat> and my book has opened up so many different things. And that would be the lesson that I would tell, say to people, if you have something inside of you that you need to share, want to share, go ahead and do it. Because by golly, you have no idea the doors that it's going to open for you. I, so I love that you went there, the whole idea of intuition, because I'm going to be honest, Rhonda, I'm, I'm very open about this many times in the show, but mm -hmm. I was... Um, uh, what would you call it? Um, a, well, a skeptic, but I was like a spiritual skeptic. Like I was really yes. slow to get on board because I, you know, I came, from, it's so weird actually when I think about it these days, but my mother raised me, uh, she was an only uh, a single mother. I was an only child. And uh, she brought me to like tea leaf readings when I was like 10 and she yes. read tarot cards <laughs> when I was young. And so right. you would think the reason I bring that up is because you would think that I would be a little more open to it when I was growing up, but I was mm -hmm. like kind of the opposite. I was just like, this is, what's this stuff she's bringing me to. Yeah. And so I was like a spiritual skeptic until probably around early twenties, whenever I was having balance problems. And what happened was I decided to, um, I was like, I need a solution. I can't just go and go and go and not have any option, uh, for my balance. And long story short, the medical world couldn't seem to find anything wrong. So I, somebody introduced me to this thing called yoga. So I went yes. to a yoga class and that last minute of yoga, that thing they call Shavasana, uh, uh -huh. like meditation, it was like, all of a sudden I was like, I want that every day, even though I could get it on my own. I just need, mm -hmm. I need to be in a class to get it, what have you. But because of all the stuff that happened as a result of me going down that rabbit hole, all of a sudden I was like, okay, I sort of start to get it. And so what I'm getting at, it was a slow ease in for me. Uh, so, you know, when you talk about intuition, now I'm so grateful that I went the path I did, but also today, and it's only been recently that I totally understand my intuition, mm -hmm. my gut, if you want to call it that. And, and yeah, your gut feelings. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I go with it now, whereas I used to go against it. I will tell you, I had a little uh, lesson on me not going against it recently. We were flying uh, back home on a plane, and uh, I, was, I forget what the game is called, but it's like one of those um, trivia games, like where it says, like, uh, the, the reason that it's so significant that such and such made it to the Olympics is because of, and like, you know, and you have to guess between right. the answers. And so uh, my girlfriend was the only witness to this, but every... And I did it. I don't know why I kept doing it, which is is a learning lesson for all of us. Uh, but I, I would guess, and I would tell her before it said what the answer was, I would guess. And I'd say, but my instinct says this one, but I'm going to go with this. Right. One. And I did that like 20 times. Like how is people <laughs> do we not go against it? She would tell you nine, it was 18 or 19 out of the 20, my instinct was right. And these are what the answers okay. I didn't know. So I was mm -hmm. just like, I have no idea. Actually, it was at a four. It wasn't even at a three. It was at a four. Right. And almost every time I said to her, now, I think it's going to be this one, but I'm going to guess this one. And, she, and she, like by about the 15, she's well, why do you keep guessing that one? Yeah, why do you know. keep guessing? But the truth is, does, don't we do that in life? And I don't mean you or me. I mean, just in general, don't people, you know, you, you have that gut feel that says, don't do this or do this. Mm -hmm. And we don't, we ignore it. And then mm -hmm. later on, yeah, my gut was right again. Mm -hmm. So and Mm -hmm. And it happens continually. I mean, you get a feeling coming across your gut and you just say, oh, no, you know, that doesn't mean anything. Or you're, you've gotten used to uh, um, paying attention to it. And then you go, I, I knew I should have listened to that, you know, and a lot of people have those feelings, but they don't listen to them. So, I mean, we're all, and, and sometimes I don't. Like I get a bad feeling and I'm like, no, no, that's everything's okay. Like, you know, and then later I'm thinking, like, why do I doubt myself? I right? So. Absolutely. And like I said, we do it often. So I'm glad you brought it up, though, because, you know, you mentioned like what all your senses are saying, yes, do this. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a lesson to us because um, it might take us 10 times to hear it, it might take us 100 times to hear it. But yes. when it finally sinks in, then all of a sudden we'll get it and say, you know what, it's time. I'm going to start listening to my gut. And yes. I've been doing it quite a bit lately, which is what surprised me about those answers when I was doing that. But then after I left that plane, I'm like, okay, not again, never again. Not again. <laughs> yeah. Like, meaning like I'm not going back. And I mean, right. it's, pretty, it's pretty obviously harmless whenever it's just playing a game on a plane. But it was like an eye opener to me. Like that's how much resistance people can have, including myself, that mm -hmm. you will go against it, even though you're, you, even though, the universe is showing you your gut was right. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it was a life lesson for me. So uh, Rhonda, another direction I want to go is I know you're a part of the C-suite network. And right. so can you talk to that a little bit? I'm a member as well. I haven't been as active as I want to get in the future. Uh, the challenge I run into is the time difference. A lot of the yes. meetings are really evening or late at night for me. Like some of them yes. being nine o'clock at night. And so, but I'm trying, my, if my girlfriend and I are actually talking about how I can change the business up a bit so that maybe I take an afternoon off here and there and then do the evening thing because I understand the value of it. But what's been your experience with the C-suite network? Not that I'm doing like a, a PR for them, but I'm just sharing no, no. your experience. Because it, it is a thing that I think a lot of people miss the power of, which is join networking groups with like-minded people or maybe your peers. And, uh, and the times I've gone to C-suite, I've always gained a lot. Like I've always taken a lot mm -hmm. from it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, there's a lot of wonderful people in the suite. And I, that I joined right at COVID. And so um, very active in, in my businesses and what I'm doing as a realtor, and all of that, and all of a sudden just sitting in my office. And so joining that, um, I was 
on fire. I just thought that was fantastic. And it was at the same time that I was launching my podcast. So here I had a whole bunch of people and you, you meet them in the breakout room, just as you run your, your courses and you meet people in the breakout room. And I was just, I, I love people. And that just, that's just comes right down to it. I just love people. I love talking to people. I'm so interested in all the things that people do, because we can never live long enough to learn everything ourselves, right? And so I found people in the C-suite who loved to be uh, interviewed, wanted to be interviewed. They had a body of work, whether they were speakers or um, had a book or, and the business-wise was great for me as well. And so I brought my, I ended up bringing my podcast over to Megaphone, which is now bought by Spotify, as you know, but I ended up bringing, uh, so I'm a, a, like yourself, I'm a leader and I'm also a contributor because I have my podcast there. And so I love it. I can't make all the meetings, of course. I've met some very great people. I met my sponsor for my podcast at C-Suite, which is uh, Cymatrax, Alan Brenton at Cymatrax. And I think what happens is you gain confidence. The more people you meet, the more people you talk to, the more you resonate with others, the better your the quality of your life is. And and that's what I love about C-Suite. I could never meet those people. It's a global network. I could never meet the people that I meet. I've, I've interviewed people from Australia and Germany and all over the place. And I just, uh, it, it just lights me up. That's amazing. And mm -hmm. so as we start to wind down, I always like to ask people, uh, Rhonda, three kind of final questions okay. and then followed by maybe the most important one, which is just how do we learn more and connect with you further. But before we go there, first question is, uh, well, I'm going to, I was going to ask you a different one, but I'm going to ask you the time machine question. So this is the oh. only constant question that I ask in almost every interview. Okay. It's simply this. If you could jump into a time machine, go back and talk to a younger version of yourself, give her some life advice based on what you've learned mm -hmm. in the year since, what do you think you might tell younger Rhonda? Uh, well, I would tell the younger Rhonda to uh, not be so afraid, not be so shy, uh, not listen uh, to other people and their advice that they gave me, because people who gave me advice not to do things were people who would never do them themselves. So I would say search out the people uh, that can support you, uh, help you and help guide and direct you. Uh, because I could have um, catapulted my journey if I didn't listen to the naysayers. And, and I just didn't have the confidence to do it on my own. I was one of those people that needed to sort of be built up, you know, a bit. And, uh, and so that's what I would say. Don't be afraid. Try, even in, from high school, you know, don't be afraid to speak in front of people. They're the same as you are. Every, we're all just people you know, having extraordinary discoveries. Amazing. I love it. Now, uh, one of the things that comes up a lot in interviews, we used to ask this question a lot about finding your passion. And right. the show used to be called Conversation with Passion. The reason we changed it, which will explain why I'm asking the question, is because we'd find a lot of people would be kind of bothered about this idea of people telling somebody to find their passion. You know, they were oh. like, telling people to find your passion and, and all that. And because of, like they were saying, because 
the, the argument was that when people don't find it or haven't found it yet, then they feel like they're missing something. Now, oh. it's but having said that, Rhonda, I think it's all personal opinion, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So there's no judgment, I don't think, on either side. But I would love to get your take on this idea of somebody chasing or finding their passion or and maybe inserting purpose instead of passion, if it's just a different word, has a different meaning. But what are your thoughts around uh, passion? And like for you, is it important? to follow your passion? Like, what are your thoughts around this work? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I would say that, you know, we all come here with a lot of gifts. And when you start to self-actualize some of those gifts and you're rewarded somehow people, you know, and people are good uh, reflectors back to you. Um, people have said things to me over the years that never really resonated with me that I started hearing more of those types of con- uh, comments when I was writing and when I was uh, when I published my book and and the things that people would say to me. And so we come here with gifts. And I think that um, it's just to self-actualize ourselves, whatever we feel in ourselves. I mean, if you want to draw, go ahead and draw. And if you want to speak, speak. If you want to sing, I at one point I said when I was a musician, I don't care who likes or doesn't like the sound of my voice. I want to sing, I'm going to sing, and I'm going to sing in front of people. And I just made that decision. And that's what I did. And because everybody doesn't like all the artists out there, right? Nobody's everybody's not going to like you no matter what you do. And so I would say just find in yourself what you feel uh, resonates with you. If you like going out and making maple syrup, make maple syrup and sell maple syrup, like just do what you feel. It makes you feel good. Absolutely. No, I, I love that. Absolutely. hundred percent. And so, um, you know, I said that was going to be uh I had three last questions. That was the second one. So the third question, again, before I ask you how we can learn more is, and, and so it's funny, whenever I was asking the time machine question, I was going to ask you about life advice you would give, or I mean, sorry, uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever heard? And so maybe uh, I'm going to position it this way. Is the best life advice you've ever heard? If, and again, I know it's usually what comes to mind. It might be just what's resonating right now, mm-hmm. but um the, the best life advice that you can recall or thing that somebody said to you that really resonated or what have you, would it be the same as the advice you give it to your younger self? And if not, is there anything that jumps out to you that, you know, advice that somebody gave you that you're like, oh my gosh, that changed everything? Mm-hmm. Well, some of the advice that people will give you is not the advice that you want to hear. Okay. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And, um, and I've reflected a little bit back on that and I think that that is that type of advice has put grit in me that I didn't have before. And when I, when I, so you think about people who've just said something off to you that might've upset you. If you just think about that deeply and see how that inspires you and then walk that way, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. And so I guess uh, 
you know, first of all, I said I was going to call it a to be continued. Uh, and, I, and with your permission, I'd like to, because I think we barely scratched the surface. We didn't even talk about real estate at all. No, uh, <laughs> thank you. Of course, we can next time. But uh, last question, Rhonda, is, like I said, just simply how we can learn more. So is there a place you would send people if they want to discover you more? Uh, is there a hub? Or where would you normally direct people if they say, how can I learn more about you and your work? If you would like to learn more, uh, you can reach out to me at rondagrantauthor at gmail.com. Rhonda with an H, R-H-O-N-D-A-G-R-A-N-T, author at rondagrant.com. I have an audio book that is going to be released in about a week or so. We're just working through the technical uh, challenges with Audible. And uh, so I'm excited about that. And I love getting back into the studio and recording again. It was fantastic. Didn't realize that I had a nice um, reading reading voice, actually. So I discovered that. And, and it doesn't matter how old you are. You can continue to discover these latent abilities that you have. And uh, yeah, so that's been really interesting. Amazing. Now, I assume, and I guess I shouldn't assume, uh, I'll conclude instead of assuming okay. that uh, this is the audiobook for your book that we talked about earlier. Yes, Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life. Love it. And that book, people can grab that. I, oh, again, I'll conclude. People can grab that at Amazon. and That's right. Awesome. And mm -hmm. is it on your website as well or just Amazon? Uh, I show it on my website, but there's no link there. I have to update my website just like everybody has to after a year or so because you just keep on increasing what you're doing. Um, but yeah, Amazon is the best place to find it. Amazing. Well, Rhonda Grant, this has been an absolute pleasure. I thank I you. I loved it. Oh, thank you. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you, you did an amazing job. And uh, I love your story and your journey. And like I said, we'll call it to be continued because I do want to at some point dive into the real estate side in a totally different direction. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Corey. I loved it. Thanks, Rhonda. Till next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.